Grace is community. Grace is passion. Grace is for everyone. Right now we pause to celebrate. These young people are confessing before our congregation their belief and their trust in God. Today they say through faith in Christ, they are saved. Young people confessing their faith in church may come as a surprise to some of you. It seems like our world is becoming more secular and less interested in spiritual matters. But I hope to convince you otherwise with the example of these confirmands before you today. We're going to hear our scripture for today from some of our confirmands, Ryan and Jesse. I'm going to read our first scripture from Genesis 11, where uh, God confuses the human languages. Then they will read from Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, where God unites the people together, where many languages are heard as one through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's listen now for God to speak to us. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words, and as they migrated from the east, they came upon a a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which mortals had built. And the Lord said, Look, they are one people, and they, they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, it was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. And now from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 and 12 through 18. When the day of the Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them the ability. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. Will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray as we begin. Lord, make us an inclusive community passionately following Jesus Christ. Open our hearts to your word as we consider what you have for us today. Help us to change in the right ways as we welcome these confirmands into the church. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts 
be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Not everyone was able to go, but the confirmation retreat this year was one to remember. It's been several years since the confirmands were able to have their retreat as usual. The pandemic made things out of kilter for a while now, but this year we were able to go to Pennsylvania, spend some time in the woods, and reflect on all that God has for us. We were at the Gretna Glen United Methodist camping facility with about 80 other people. It held some unexpected surprises, to be sure. Some of those surprises were not so nice, like our cabin not having its own bathroom or showers. Uh, You had to walk down the hill to get to that building. Actually, with our confirmands, uh, they were rolling down the hill to get there. But a separate building to shower was not the surprise that we were looking for. Uh, Then there was the worship service that our young people had to put together. The camp had as a final project on Sunday morning. All the confirmands do all the different parts of worship. They were, there was the call to worship, someone preached, there was a response to the word and songs. It was lovely, lovely. and what was truly unexpected to me was the incredible gifts and talents in our young people. Did you know one of our confirmands has perfect pitch? He read the notes in the hymnal, humming the tune, and absolutely nailed it when singing. Another young person from our group played the piano. It was stunningly good. It was a Christmas song, but still, it was amazing. I could not be more proud of these young people before you. But perhaps the biggest surprise of all was the flying squirrel. And by that, I do not mean the creature. The flying squirrel was part of the ropes course and wall climb at Gretna Glen. A dozen young people would line up holding a rope and at a command would run as hard and as fast as they could, which would send a young person on the other end of the rope flying into the air past the tops of trees. It was ridiculous, and every single young person wanted to try it. It was the kind of surprise that makes you think what could possibly happen next. Along with our night hike, listening and smelling and tasting the move of God's spirit, then prayers with maps and mirrors and scrabble pieces, we were open to the surprise that God has all around us. The surprises aren't just for our confirmants, either in Acts chapter 2, we see a surprise for the ages. As Jesus ascends into heaven, the disciples are left behind wondering, what now? They are in constant prayer for a day, and then seven days, and then ten days, trying to figure out what is next, until finally something happens. A wind blows through and flames are dancing among them. It is so profound and surprising that while they are still inside this house praying, other people outside hear it and come running. They want to know how these simple people suddenly know all these different languages. Many people at that time were bilingual, but trilingual, quadrilingual, pentalingual? No way. This was a surprise. Every year when this scripture for the day of Pentecost comes up, I always feel bad for the person who has to read the scripture. We skipped over it this year as an act of mercy because it lists all these different places and languages like Parthians, Phrygia, Cyrene. I don't think we have to embarrass someone trying to figure out how to say all these names to get the point. All these different languages are spoken by Jesus' disciples. And not only is it surprising that they speak a language they don't know— It seems impossible. That's why the crowds gather. 
But if you go back and look at the names listed there and study it carefully, not only does it seem impossible, many would argue it is indeed utterly impossible. The list of languages and names includes a roll call of the nations. The whole world has come to Jerusalem for this festival. This very much reminds us of the story of the Tower of Babel, where people from across the earth gather to build a tower to reach God. As the tower is built, God checks it out, and it almost sounds as if God is worried about people being too successful, as he says. This is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. That's not the point, though. The point is that people united through an urbanized city were causing mischief. You miss that in a superficial reading. God separates them the way that we would separate misbehaving children. You go over here and you go over there. Now that they are separated, divided by language, they will behave better. Then we get to the day of Pentecost. Thousands of years later, suddenly divisions of language are erased. People can understand one another, but still, this is not the most surprising part. What is, is that some of the people and languages listed do not exist. The Medes were an extinct people group two centuries before Pentecost. The Elamites, they are mentioned once in the book of Ezra as part of a list of dead nations and then never heard from again. They are a distant memory to the past. Why are people and languages long dead listed as part of this day of Pentecost? In ancient times, Pentecost was a celebration of the law being given by God to Moses. Perhaps Pentecost is not meant to be just about the law then, or or gathering people from all over. Pentecost should be understood, as Peter says, when he stands up to address the crowds. In those days, God will pour out God's Spirit upon all flesh. And perhaps by all flesh, Peter really does mean all flesh. From generations back, to the impossible-to-see future. From the promise of a newborn baby to young people confirming their baptism and faith of their own, all the way to the old man and woman who thought they'd never see this day. The Spirit of God is not just for people who know the law and live by it, or the people who know the right language and speak it. God's Spirit is for all people in all places and in all times. It's almost as if Luke, the person who wrote the book of Acts, is trying to make space for even us to be there. If generations long dead are at Pentecost, then maybe we can see how we are included too. Not just me, a pastor, not just the saints who know the law, but every single one of us, young and old, rich and poor, people of standing and people without any standing at all. For our confirmands, you are included in this promise, and not just because you say the right words or confess the right creed here in front of this congregation. You are included because God wants you to be. 
the great surprise for all of us is that God isn't looking for people who have the right answers. God wants people who have an open heart, who are willing to go on an adventure, who are ready to get launched into the air like a flying squirrel because somewhere in there is a lesson about teamwork and how through us together, God's Spirit can make the impossible suddenly possible. Pentecost is about God's grace being made available to every single person without partiality. God favors no one because God favors everyone. To our confirmands, we need you in the church, not because we need someone to take on some jobs here or because we need your money. We know it's going to be a while before much of that happens. We need you because God's Spirit is being poured out into you. And when we are able to hear the Spirit, the power of God becomes an unstoppable force on this earth. We need you to help us to listen to hear what God is doing among us today, not in the future, today, right now. How is the Spirit moving among us, leading us so that we might be about God's business in this very hour? I'd like to invite all of us to be ready for a surprise like our confirmands on retreat were. It didn't mean they liked everything that happened, but they were open and they worked together even in their differences. They did not lament that change was happening. They embraced it. May you, too, be surprised by grace and the promise of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. For everything happening at Grace, check out our website at gumc.org.